With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Skull Session Recruiting Podcast brought to you by BuckeyeHuddle.com. I am Mark Givler. We have Tony Gerdeman here. I believe this is your second Skull Session Podcast of all time. So you're you're now a veteran of the show. Uh I said last week when I was, we were, did this show with Kevin, uh, Kevin Noon, that we were going to try and do this every week, just kind of uh, talk about what we saw the previous weekend on the high school field and if there was anything relevant to talk about in recruiting uh, beyond that, that we would get into that. Um, Tony, because Ohio State does not kick off for a few more days, you were on the road uh, doing some high school uh, recruiting coverage. You saw Sam Williams Dixon, Ohio State running back commit, one of three Ohio State running back commits. Uh, you had seen Sam in the summer at camp. What did you see over uh, the weekend? Anything you know, obviously different? The pads are on. How, how did Sam look uh, over the weekend? Yeah, I think this was my third time seeing him twice in different camps. And then for, this is my first time seeing him on the field. The unfortunate thing is he's one of three running backs that gets the ball at Pickerington North. So he started the game and would get, three carries or get to be in there for three plays. Then the second running back would come in and he'd get to be in there for three plays. Then the third running back would come in and be in there for three plays. And they did this for much of the game. So I I have to imagine it's hard to work up a lather that way, but you know, he had a a nine yard carry with one of his first couple of touches. And obviously he's got good size. He's not like one of these scat back types. I know we've talked about him in the past as, uh, the Curtis Samuel type, but he looks like he's he's a legit big enough to be uh, between the tackle running back. And, you know, he's he, the first week of the season, he went for like 160 yards. I think this week it was probably somewhere in the neighbor, neighborhood of 30 or 40. And that's because one of the other running backs, Michael Taylor, had a couple of long ones and, and were basically vulturing all of the yards basically for everybody. And so, um, you know, th- that's how that one went. They played uh, Pine Richland, which was, uh, you know, out of uh, Pennsylvania, as you know. And so it's, it was a three-pronged attack. And I'd, li- I'd like to see him again when maybe he gets more of a workload and, and see, see what he can do in the open field. There's, uh, this is a pretty good team they were playing, so the line of scrimmage was pretty jammed up. Yeah, I think he had a little more – I think he had more touches against Elder – Last week, uh, they won in Cincinnati. By the way, like Ohio right now, my goodness. Uh, we were up at the showcase two weeks ago, week zero of the high school season. Watched three teams from Northeast Ohio just wipe the floor with three out-of-state 
uh, state championship teams. Um, pick North. I mean, Pine Richland was a state champion in Pennsylvania's like biggest division just a few years back. That's where Phil Dracovic is from, uh, former Ohio State recruiting target. Then was at what Notre Dame to Boston College to Pitt, I believe. Um, so he's got some starts under his belt at the college level. That's that's that was his school. Um, and then uh, St. Ed's did it. I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much, but St. Ed's did exactly what I said in our weekly chat they would do, which is despite maybe not having quite as much individual talent as good counsel, they were going to wear them down. And they did. Uh, it was 7-7, I think, going into the third quarter. And then it was 28-7. They just pulled away. They they just grinded out. Ohio's doing amazing right now in these uh, out-of-state challenges. Well, and you said, you told me the same thing when we got there in Canton in the first game of the day was St. Ed's. And, you know, it was, I don't know if it was like seven, seven after one quarter or whatever. And you're like, well, they're just going to wear them down. They're just going to continue to just lean on them and lean on them and lean on them. And they did in that offensive line. They got obviously Deontay Armstrong and Devontae Armstrong, Ben Roebuck on the other side. They just, they're, they're bigger than, as we said, like they're bigger than most teams you'll see Ohio state play. Like they're bigger than some NFL teams in terms, terms of that front. And yeah, Ohio, well, it's it's been interesting to watch and uh, go back to that first week. I still think the Demarion Witten, Glenville tight end, the performance he had in one single quarter in that Canton showcase may have been as impressive, as impactful as any high school player I've ever seen because it was an even game until he came in and Glenville went up by 29 points and then he never played again and they never really blinked. And it could have been a, a, um, a running clock in that one if Glenville wanted it, but he once he entered the game, the game was over, and then he sat back down, and he just they just coasted the rest of the way. So yeah, been a good couple of weeks in this non-conference slate of games for Ohio. Yeah, really, really strong performance, really strong showings here the first couple of weeks. Um, so I was at Pick Central and Huber Heights Wayne, and there wasn't really a a specific reason. Uh, I had a trip out of state I had to cancel, uh, which I won't get two into but basically espn took the whole thing over and i wasn't gonna be able to bring you guys any video or anything really just maybe a, a post-game interview or something which of course i can always call a kid and get a post-game interview if we need to do that so uh, i i kind of tossed that aside i was in ohio i'm like well what can i what, what am i gonna do now so uh, i went down to pick central they were playing wayne um two really good programs that always have talent so i was like well you know wayne's coming in from from you know dayton area and so that's one less drive to Dayton I have to make this year. And I can kind of always got to see what pick central has. So I was able to kind of watch that. They've got talent. They've got a lot of guys that I think are Mac to mid tier big 10. I don't know that they've got a ton of guys that are surefire Ohio state guys in the pipeline. There's a really interesting 2025 edge named miles Harrison at pick central, which uh, I have to shout out Kurt Stubbs, uh, basketball guy here in Ohio does, does some podcasts and stuff like that. He's a big uh, pick central guy. Uh, he kind of tipped me off a few weeks ago. This was a kid to kind of watch. Uh, Miles had a really strong game. The, the question with Miles, how big is he going to get? Is he, he's kind of like six, three, six, four, maybe six closer to six, three, like 210 pounds. Can he play defensive end? That's kind of the thing. Great motor, great quickness. He, he was really disruptive. He's the one kid I think in that game I saw that I'm like, okay, He's got a shot. He's definitely worth a look um, for the higher uh, tier Big Ten schools. But like I said, it was a lot of talent. Just wasn't necessarily 
Uh, there's not, it wasn't a game where there was like three Ohio, four Ohio state guys in it. Uh, but I was able to kind of cross those schools off my list. You have to see those two schools every year, pretty much when you do what I do. So <laughs> um, really good game. 25, uh, 20 pick central um, back and forth. Looked like Wayne might steal it at the end. Central camp comes, uh, gets a big play on special teams. So that, that was, um, that was a good one to, to kind of just get in now. Um, I will be on the road. This weekend, I am not canceling this trip, no matter what. Uh, I will be, uh, I'm not going to give the entire trip away, but I will be in Georgia, put it that way. So we can kind of, I think most people will be able to kind of connect the dots on that, but uh, I, I will be in Georgia and I might be right next to Georgia for a minute too. So uh, we'll <laughs> we'll look forward to bringing you guys that on on BuckeyeHuddle.com and then we'll I'll be sure to do some type of recap with uh with Tony or Kevin next week. We can kind of talk about the high school week. Um, some some relevant news, right, Tony? We got Brandon Caesar, Cleveland Heights defensive lineman offered 2025. Um, before we get into that, 2024 defensive line recruiting continues to be um, the thing that I think Ohio State fans are most um, – anxious about uh you know edrick houston in the fold last week huge pickup there justin scott dominic mckinley coming up on september 1st tony you obviously are very dialed in with the team and the roster construction i've kind of said three defensive ends two defensive tackles in this class is probably the sweet spot should they go six or seven if they can, just because, I mean, gosh, how many guys are they going to lose early to the NFL after this year from the defensive line? Well, e even if it's not just this year, over the next two years, they're going to be losing a ton. Uh, with um, the situation, they have they brought in three defensive tackles last year, so that's going to help, and maybe that, maybe that allows you to take two this year. I think we can count Arvell Reese as a defensive end, and he will most likely redshirt. So maybe that mitigates the need for a fourth defensive end in this class. I think you still try to get three if you can because you have missed a, a couple over the last couple of years. So I, I think you still need to bump up those numbers. And honestly, because if you look at what they've got, you know, you're going to be losing, whether it's this year or in the next two years, JT Tui Moloau, Jack Sawyer, uh, you're going to be losing uh, the the interior. Mike Hall, Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton is a redshirt junior. Jaden McKenzie's been around forever. He's not going to be, stick around forever. So that's you know six guys. Kenyatta Jackson, as great as everybody is saying he is going to do, he's going to be draft eligible next year. So like you know he could be the next guy to go. So really, you can't. I think you, it's like uh, corners where you just get as many as you can, you know, at least two. And if you can get three every year, I think it's the same thing with defensive ends, defensive tackles, because they, they don't, you're not going to hit on all of them. And so you, you're, if you hit on two thirds of them, bring in three every year, and then you're kind of okay. You know, if you're only going to hit on two thirds of them, but it, it, as many guys as they have on the offensive line that have stuck around and really not produced, if they can start to narrow that and, and hit those better, maybe that gives you a little bit more leeway on the defensive line side, especially if you're only playing two linebackers at a time now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. And so I want to clarify this with you because I wasn't even at – you were – there were a couple practices we were able to get into. I was out of town for the last one. Are you convinced Arvell Reese is definitely going to be a defensive end? Because I thought he would be out of high school. I was kind of like in the like, I just think his skill set is he's so explosive. He's so athletic that in today's game, he would be more disruptive as a pass rusher coming off the edge than just putting him at Mike linebacker. And I think I've seen him like bouncing around from, from seems like he's bounced around a little bit between the rooms. Do you think that he's going to be settling in at, at end at this point? I, I, do and if not just defensive end, I wouldn't be surprised if he's also doing a little bit of the Jack thing at some point in his career. When I, I wrote about him this summer and just did a, you know, looking at it over his um, high school film and things like that and how it w- would project to Ohio State and what it, basically what he's going to bring. Like I wrote at that time, this guy is the perfect Jack prospect for what, uh, for what Jim Knowles would like to do. And so it, it didn't surprise me that uh, we saw him on the – he was practice eight. He was at defensive end, and that was the first time I think we saw him there. And he started out at linebacker as expected, but, um, you know, we, we get there early on that practice eight, and and there he is with the defensive ends. And so talking to everybody, they're not saying it's done and set in stone, but, I mean, he's already 6'3", 235, and he's not going to get smaller. And they – 235 is about as big as they want their linebackers right now. You got to be able to run, you got to be able to cover. And this guy is, uh, I think we both expected him to eventually be a defensive end, but then you see him how well he played linebacker last year for Glenville. It was like, okay, I, that looks like how in a middle linebacker could look. But, you know, you get here and Ryan Day has been really, really high on him since he arrived. And he's he's been uh, productive and, and just attentive wherever they've put him. And so I don't expect him to end back, end up back at linebacker, but that may be up to James Laurinaitis and Jim Knowles recruiting in terms of, because they've missed on some, some inside guys, Tackett Curtis, Sammy Brown, not necessarily not missing, but not landing. So if, um, if that becomes the situation, maybe he goes back to linebacker, but I think it helps them more to have him as a defensive end and potentially a Jack. And then at, at that point, you know, he, he can he can moonlight from end to Jack at that point. Yeah, he's just such a, a devastating blitzer from the linebacker position. He was in high school, and just the way he closes, it's just the closing speed he has. If you can teach him to... Uh, where he helps everyone the most. Um, but 
you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. That'll be interesting to follow Peyton Pierce coming in next year uh, as a Mike prospect, very highly regarded Mike prospect. So we'll, we'll see, you know, if that helps things along, if Peyton Pierce comes in and looks like, you know, he's what they thought he is. Um, so that'll be, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I, um, I'm kind of in the boat now of three defensive ends, two defensive tackles. And then if you can find room for a sixth guy who may even be like a flex guy, because they recruit guys like that every year where it's like, Oh, are they a, you know, strong side end? Are they a tackle? Basically the Jason Moores of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think there's one of those in Ohio. Uh, I think Dominic Kirk's, out of Cleveland St. Joe's fits that bill. I think it doesn't really make sense if you're like short on defensive ends and you're bringing him in to be a defensive end. I think that's awfully risky, but I think if you've got kind of your quotas, you're not hurting in any, any one spot and you want a flex guy, you just want another body in that. Uh, Dominic Kirks was, was really good at camps all summer. Um, big bodied kid, you know, six, four, two sixty five type of kid. I think probably a three tech, but, um, I, I would look right there. I'd be recruiting him. Another interesting name, uh, Logan Thomas at St. Ed's kind of like a, we saw him a couple weeks ago. He's small. That's kind of my question with Logan is he's committed to Notre Dame right now. Um, so a, could you flip him hmm. and B he was very thin looking to me. He is at least six, three. Can you get him to a point where he can put his hand in the dirt um, at the college level? Cause that would be another question I have, but there are two, those two guys are 2024s in Ohio uh, up there in the Cleveland area. So those are two places to look if um, you know, if you can't flip Marquis Lightfoot, if for whatever reason, you know, you can't get Booker Pickett. Um, there are some options here in Ohio. Obviously, Dominic McKinley's coming up in a few days. Um, Tony, when's the last time they've landed a defensive lineman out of Louisiana? Nader Abdallah? Nader Abdallah, I believe, is that 2004 class? So way back. Only, only 20 years, give or take. Only 20 I years? Mean, they're due. They're totally due. I, so, I will say, Logan Thomas, seeing him, he – he he certainly looks like an athlete, but man, how long does that take to get him ready to play in the Big Ten? To and, and you know, you can ask the same question of like a Booker Pickett. You know, the guys that are just thin and think back to Thaddeus Gibson, a guy that you know was like a six three two oh five that they had to that, you know they got they got him to two hundred sixty pounds, but it took a little while. Yeah, that's going to be key. Um, I do believe Edric Houston's playing defensive end in college. I've seen him in person. Unbelievable flexibility, explosiveness for a guy his size. I just, I think he's an outlier. He, usually those types of guys, I'm the first one to say, ah, oh, he's going to have to move inside. I said it with Jason Moore last year. I've said it with numerous guys over the years. And I'm not saying it with, with Edric. I think he's just one of those freaky guys that can play 275, 280 on the edge. I just think he's going to be one of those guys. But, you know, they've only got, you know, basically two in the fold right now. So they need, they need at least one to two defensive ends, another defensive tackle. I will share what I'm hearing on Dominic McKinley. And it's basically, it's, it's been a similar thing now for a couple months, but no one seems to know. I even checked back, checked back with a Texas source and an LSU source, both um, in the past, like 36 hours, maybe. 
And they didn't really, they were kind of asking me like, well, are you hearing anything different? Cause we're kind of hearing the same things that we were hearing before when we talked, I'm like, well, I'm kind of hearing the same things too. And, but essentially, um, so th this is what makes this one fascinating. Cause I'm getting three different stories. LSU believes that this is all kind of a smoke screen type of thing as, as far as like, they're not buying the narrative that he's definitely, definitely leaving the state of Louisiana and Texas is confident and Ohio state basically since the week they offered him, my contacts at Ohio state have told me there's a real chance here. This is not like your typical Louisiana kid. They don't think he's going to LSU. They think he's leaving the state. I've sorry if you've heard this before. I've said this like five times now between the podcasts and the message board, but they vetted this kid before they brought him in for the official in June because they didn't want to just give away a free trip. So they had conversations with his, with his mom. They had conversations with him. They had conversations with his coaches and they wanted to make sure that this was not just a free trip to Ohio state. And so they were very um, satisfied, I think, with the conversations they had. So they brought him in for the official and thought it went well. And so there's been a little bit of like, hey, you know, I th we've got a shot here coming from the Ohio State end of things. And so that's kind of where things have been. And that's kind of where they still are. So I'm kind of having to piece this together almost like a detective. And, and kind of what I piece together right now is I think he is leaving the state. I think LSU is having a hard time coming to terms with that because they were leading, you know, five, six months ago, he was going to LSU. Like no one, I don't think anyone thought they were going to be able to pull him. And so I think LSU is maybe a little late to the party on uh, what's going on here. Um, so I think he's leaving the state. If I had to guess today and I will update, I will give a final call here in the next few days, obviously before he announces. Um, but if I had to guess right now, I would guess Texas. Well, but it, it is it, fascinating the three schools like where they stand. <laughs> well, and then how much is NIL involved where um, you can feel good about it, but then somebody else feels better and, and something changes. But, you know, you're looking – I think he lives about an hour away from Baton Rouge. I don't think he, he didn't take an official visit there. You wouldn't, you don't necessarily need to take an official visit to somewhere that you can just hop on a, on a scooter and go see, but uh, like no official visit is still kind of, it, it still means something to me where uh, you didn't, why not just, you know, all of the, uh, everything that comes with it, why not do that? And so, yeah, it's interesting that if he does leave the state and obviously Texas is right there, they've been doing some good things recently. Uh, but, you know, maybe if he does end up in Texas, he'll be in the portal in a couple of years for Ohio State to swoop in on one of these defensive linemen that they get after the fact. Larry Johnson stays in touch with that sort of thing. Not in a, not in a negative way, just uh, as as coaches and players do. And then you just come on, come on home, come on home to Ohio State. Guys, you could just sign with Larry Johnson out of high school. We could just <laughs> skip this whole process and you could just sign with him out of high school. I mean, right? Uh, no, um, it it's interesting because and the other thing with the LSU side of things is they seem to think Ohio State's their biggest competition. Hmm. So you've got LSU not wanting to 
give in to the notion that he's definitely leaving the state. But saying Ohio State's the biggest competition, you got Texas probably feeling the most confident of all three programs. And then you've got Ohio State, like, yeah, I think we got a shot, which has sometimes turned out very well. It turned out well with Edric Houston. It, boy, I think even they were a little surprised by Justin Scott, but it turned out very well with Justin Scott. <laughs> it became a disaster last year. Uh, and it wasn't great with, with uh, obviously with Marquis Lightfoot and uh, certainly not with Dylan Stewart. Um, so I don't know <laughs> where to take that with the, oh yeah, I think we're, we're right in there. Okay. Well, that's, so that's a 50, 50. Um, but yeah, I think he is leaving the state. It just feels like LSU's just not wanting to, LSU's kind of going down with the ship. It feels like to me, and he is leaving the state and now it's like Texas and Ohio state and can Ohio state overcome, you know, about NIL and all that, but we got, you know, can Ohio state overcome geography too? I mean, that's a much, mm-hmm. That's a different trip. I mean, even with, you know, planes and everything else, it's still, that's a, that's a difficult trip. Um, But we'll see. Um, The way this cycle is going, wouldn't it make sense that they get Dominic McKinley? They get the guys we don't think we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And now the thing there is, you've mentioned some other names of guys from Ohio. Like if they only, only land three defensive linemen, and they're all three five stars. You'd still have there'd be a reason to be upset. Like that's not enough. <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's a great average, but it's not enough players. And and maybe you know you load up on the five stars and you go get a couple of three star Ohioans. Uh, but I mean, it, you're not going to turn it down two five star defensive tackles. But it can't. That that's not where it ends. And of course, this being September first when he commits, uh, you know there's still a lifetime after that to go get other guys. But uh, I think that would, that would make a lot of people in Ohio feel pretty good about the Larry Johnson situation after things have felt pretty not great over the last year or two. And even then, you know, there there's, it's the highs and lows that I think are affecting people, especially, and you've got some highs going on right now. But there's always lows because, of, you know, if, when you're in on somebody and you're feeling pretty good about it and they go somewhere else, that never feels good. And so this we'll find out in a couple of days whether it's going to be a high or a low. Yep. I will again, I will update on the board here. I'll do a final call on the message board here uh, a couple of days. But um, don't don't love, you know, doing confidence points. I wouldn't say super high on the confidence points, but gun to my head, Texas. Um, with Ohio State next behind them. I, I don't think he's going to LSU at this point. Um, I do think they can flip Marquise Lightfoot. In fact, I think I think it's more likely than not he doesn't sign with Miami, actually. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I would say the same about Dylan Stewart. I, I tend to think Dylan Stewart either sticks with South Carolina or doesn't 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 go to Ohio State, which, you know, that's all the people listening to this care about. Is he going to Ohio State or not? But um, <laughs> I, I don't love that situation for Ohio State, but uh, I think I think Marcus Lightfoot's very much in play. Um, and then, so Brandon Caesar, we'll end with that. We we want to get back to Brandon Caesar, the new uh, defensive line offer from Cleveland Heights, um, teammate of Marquise Davis, twenty twenty five running back, who has an offer from Ohio State, but is in one of those uh, weird positions right now where they've got thirty twenty twenty five running backs. Uh, it's first world problems right now. 
uh, until like five of them commit somewhere else, then it becomes panic. But like right now they're like top two or three for like all these great running backs in 25. So it's going to be very fascinating how Tony Alford massages that, especially when he's bringing in three this year. Um, so that's going to be interesting, but, but Brandon Caesar, um, a little quick crash course, about six, four, 255, 260, really good wrestler. I, again, I just, we had just talked about this with Edric Houston. I, how I always say those guys are going to move inside. I do think Brandon Caesar is going to play inside. I think Brandon Caesar is going to be a three tech. I'm not sure he's going to be an end, but you know, we've talked about the Larry Johnson or the, not really the Larry, the defensive line, you know, angst and everything else. They've got two guys in Ohio in 25. So you've got Brandon Caesar, who's kind of a flex end tackle, probably a three tech. Then you've got a guy who I think everyone's got listed as a linebacker, but I'm not quite convinced that he won't be an absolute monster defensive end. And that's Justin Hill out of Winton Woods, mm-hmm. who is, we'll just call him an edge because he might be an outside, he might be a Sam linebacker, but he very well could be a, a Jack or just a, a dynamite weak side defensive end. Justin Hill's an alien. He is, I mean, I watched him, I've watched him play real football and it's impressive, but my God, I was watching him play just a seven on seven. Um, and the way he looks and runs around out there at a seven on seven, which should not be his thing. I mean, that should be, that should be a, a problem, a challenge for him. And the way he effortlessly moved out there in pass rush uh, or in pass coverage, he is just, I mean, he is one of the special guys. I love Ohio's 25 class, but he's one of the special guys in it. I mean, he's one of the top couple of guys in it. He's very, very good. So how many future defensive four, ends have you seen play seven on seven? Not a ton. Um, I think Kenyatta Jackson played a little bit. I didn't see him though, but I think Kenyatta did a little bit. I've seen uh, just in this class, I know you think Ohio State never really got traction there. I saw Elijah rushing do it, kid from hmm. five star kid from Arizona. I saw him play outside linebacker. Um, I know JT did. Uh, JT Tumaloao did, and Edric Houston is actually a very good seven-on-seven tight end, which is another reason why I think he's staying at defensive end. Because if you can play, if you can dominate a seven-on-seven as a tight end, you can play defensive end. Um, and quite frankly, he's a, you know, I wasn't sure JT would be able to stay at defensive end. Edric's not as big as JT. I think I think JT was a bigger frame, st- kind of a stouter. Kids, so if JT can stay out there and they feel, they feel Edric can stay out there, I I would roll with that. But yeah, it's um, the guys who can do that and do it well. Oh, I should throw out not a lot on defense, but Zach Harrison played wide receiver in high school, yeah. so that was always uh fascinating. Uh, so he played seven on seven receiver, tight end. But but everyone I've named was like a five star prospect or you know a future first or second round draft pick. So. Justin Hill, future first or second round draft pick, wouldn't shock me. Uh, wouldn't shock me. Very, very athletic. So, you know, if if they can get 24 under control, you know, whether that's pulling off an upset with McKinley and then maybe like flipping Lightfoot and adding one of the in-state kids or even going, um, I think they could go portal in the spring. I think no matter what they do in December, I think they're going to look for an instant imp- another Taiwan Malone or or an end, or they're going to look for some plug and play defensive lineman for if nothing else for depth next year, so that they're not rushing the kids along. But um, so I 
But if you can, you know, kind of piece that all together and come out the other side and be really happy with it, and then you've got these two guys in 25 in Ohio that you can try and lock down, makes life a lot easier. So, you know, we'll 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 see how that goes. Um, you know, I know everyone's like, oh yeah, sure. We and last year we were going to get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. So I, I get it. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But you know, there are options right now. There are good options right now. So we'll see how the next few months goes. Um, but I think we've uh, we've covered all we wanted to cover here. Um, you know, we'll we'll get back here next week. I'll have a lot more high school coverage next week for you guys. I've, I've got a really good slate this weekend. I think people are going to be really uh, interested in, w- in what we've got coming this weekend on the uh, recruiting side. And obviously, uh, I believe there's a game on Saturday in, in the Big Ten uh, in Bloomington that people may be interested in. So check that out. Tony and the guys will be live from Bloomington on Saturday. I will... Uh, be giving way to Garrett Seawright. We'll be introducing Garrett as uh, the post-game show host this week, filling in for me so I can do my recruiting thing. Hopefully I don't get Wally pipped. I have a feeling I might, um, but uh, we'll, we'll see uh, lots of good stuff on BuckeyeHuddle.com right now. So we'll check it out this weekend. Give us a shot, $12.99 a month, or you can go annual and save uh, over 20%. Um, so that's, we've got, bunch of new signups here the last couple of days. So we appreciate that. Hopefully uh, that keeps rolling in for, for everybody. We have the best uh, community in the, in the, in the space. I mean, our, our message board is, is fantastic. So I think everyone will uh, kind of feel welcome and uh, enjoy the, the banter back and forth here as the season goes. But uh, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial. LLC member SIPC. Next time.